title of my message is Examine Yourself. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you and praise you so much that you're here. We thank you that you're so interested in us and our welfare and for us to know your way. We thank you for teaching us, correcting us, so that we can be right with you, so that we can be true followers of yours and glorifying your name. We love you and praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. God is so good. He is so in love with us, and He's talking today to us about growing up. He wants to answer our prayers. He wants us to have all He has for us, and in order for that to happen, we have to be in agreement with Him. And I just want to read to you what Jesus said in Matthew 7, because this is what He's talking to us about today. This is, this is Him correcting us. And we can take it, right? Because we want to be right with Him. We want to be corrected. We want to have His will in our life. And so we have to be in agreement with Him. And to be in agreement with Him, we have to be corrected. Matthew 7, 1, Do not judge and criticize and condemn others, so that you may not be judged, criticized, and condemned yourselves. For just as you judge and criticize and condemn others, you will be judged and criticized and condemned. And in accordance with the measure you use that you deal out to others, it'll be dealt out to you. Why do you stare um, from without at the very small particle in your brother's eye, but you're not aware and consider the beam or timber that's in your own eye? And how can you say to your brother, let me get that tiny particle out of your eye when there's a beam of timber in your eye and then he went on to call them hypocrite. You hypocrite. First get the beam of timber out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to see clearly to take the particle out of your brother's eye. And we do that, you know. We're so critical of others, and Jesus is saying, really, what he's speaking to me is it's such a waste of time to be looking at your brother and trying to get that particle out of his eye when you have a beam in your own eye. You know, he's saying to us today that because we're so critical of other people and we're always looking at them, we actually end up comparing ourselves to them instead of Jesus. Wow, right? So if you're so focused on someone else and what they're doing wrong and what they're doing right, it it helps you to feel okay with you. And sometimes subconsciously you might have sin in your life and you're thinking, well, at least I'm not as bad as that person and that makes you feel better to talk about that person or to point out their sin or, you know, just expose them to what you think of them. And Jesus is saying, don't do that. Because if you do that, then I'm going to have to criticize and judge you. What goes around kind of comes around, right? Because the Bible says what you sow is what you're going to reap. And so we have to be very careful. And we don't want to be comparing ourselves. The big thing is, He's saying is, you're not to be comparing yourself with others, but with me. I want to read to you, um, before we go on here, 2 Corinthians 13 says, Examine and test and evaluate yourselves to see whether you are holding to the faith and showing proper fruits of it. Test and prove yourselves, not Christ. Do do you not know yourselves and realize that... um, And know thoroughly that by every increasing experience Jesus is in you, unless you are counterfeit, disapproved, untrial, and rejected. 
And so often, you know, um, people get frustrated that God didn't do what he, what they wanted him to do. And so Jesus is blamed. But what, what is being said here is examine yourself because it's not his fault. It's your fault. Is that okay? Can I say it's not his fault? It's your fault. He's perfect. We're not. And so something isn't going right. It's us. And one of the things he wants to point out to us today is that we're judging other people and we're comparing ourselves to them instead of him. I just want to read a little bit of 2 Peter to you. It says in 2 Peter, I'm going to start in verse 3 and maybe skip around a little bit. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things and are um, suited to an, a life of godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his glory and excellence by means of the these. He has bestowed on us his precious and exceeding great promises so that through them you may escape the flight from the moral decay, um, the rottenness and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, lust, and greed, and become shares and partakers of the divine nature. For this very reason, adding to your diligence to divine promise, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellent resolution, Christian energy, and exercising virtue, develop knowledge and intelligence. And so I just wanted to read some of that just to point out to you that instead of wasting our time and energy on looking at someone else and and thinking about what they're doing wrong and comparing ourselves to them, we need to be working out our faith. We need to get to the place where we have these things that I just said that I just read here. For this reason, adding to your diligence the divine promises, employ every effort, every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellence, resolution, Christian energy, and exercising virtue, develop knowledge and intelligence. Exercising knowledge, develop self-control. And in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness, patience, endurance. Exercising steadfastness, develop godliness. And then in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection. Brotherly affection, develop Christian love. For these qualities are yours and increasing. If For as these qualities are yours and increasing and abounding you, then you'll keep you from idle or unfruitful. Keep you from being idle or unfruitful unto the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when you're keeping to his word and developing and all these things, it's going to keep us from being idle and unfruitful. We're unfruitful if we're gossiping and backbiting and, and judging other people. And in fact, we're stagnant. And we're not going to have the revelation knowledge we even need to go on because it's a simple it's a simple thing that Jesus said. It's a simple statement, a simple correction, and one that we can do because we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, and He's going to prompt you. He's going to nudge you when you're doing something outside of God's will. And so it's not hard because you have His power on the inside of you. It's just a decision you, you, you need to make. But we're blind, and we blame Jesus, and our prayers aren't answered really because we're not listening. And we're not, you know, in listening, we're not examining ourselves. We're so busy examining others, but we need to look at ourselves. 
Um, whoever lacks these qualities is blind, spiritually short-sighted, receiving only what is near to him has become oblivious to the fact that he is cleansed from his old sin. And obviously, judging is a sin. And so then because of this, um, you are, you, because of this, brethren, be all the more eager to make sure to ratify, to strengthen, to make steadfast your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never fall. You'll never stumble or fall, it says. So if we're doing this, if we're constantly building our character to be like his, if we're constantly examining ourselves rather than someone else, we're not going to stumble and fall. We stumble and fall when we get off that path. When we're living on the wide path with the world, that's when we stumble and we fall and we're going to mess up and we're going to be going in circles and we're not going to understand what's going on and we're going to be running around in circles trying to figure out just like the world, what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, and what we're going to wear. Isn't that crazy? And, you know, the enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus said, as soon as you hear the word, as soon as you hear the word, the enemy is going to come and try to take it from us. And if we don't understand that, we won't understand anything. So it's really vital that we know the word and that we take um, all the hints Jesus is giving us. It's a hint. Don't judge. Stop looking at that speck in your brother's eye when you have all this going on in your own life. You haven't arrived. (laughs) And so it's God's job to judge. And really, if we don't want to be judged, then we can examine ourselves. He's saying that. Examine yourself. Look at yourself every day. Lord, correct me. Show me what I need to change to be like you. Help me to exercise godliness self-control. Help me to have integrity. I was just thinking about um, something that happened to me, and um, I'm not going to name any names or anything, but it was somebody who um, wasn't a Christian, and their lack of integrity was so apparent. And when, when we say that we're Christians, we shouldn't like that, look like that. But the fact is that I know Christians that look the same way. And in in the um, interaction that was going on, I thought, wow, what a lack of integrity. And, um, and it was a business, and it lacked integrity. And comparing that to some Christians, it's no different. And it's because we're blind, like we just read. We're blind because we're not even doing what we know to do. You can look through the Gospels and get your character cleaned up really quick. When you ask Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, um, unless you're a counterfeit, as we read, um, then the Holy Spirit's going to lead you and guide you, convict you, correct you, tell you things to come, counsel you, and you're going to have integrity. You're going to be walking in the ways of God, and you're going to be examining yourself and not somebody else. And that's what God wants to talk to us today. Come up higher. Grow up. Stop being babies, but just grow up and be like Him. Um, Matthew 5.48, Jesus said, be like your father. Grow up. Be mature. And in being like Him, then um, we talked about the other day, then our mind is going to be occupied by Him, 
not by the enemy, not by the things of this world. We're going to be content to the place where um, he's our God, we trust him, and we know he's going to take take care of everything for us. He is so good. He's so in love with you. And, you know, when you get to know him, you're going to have that rest. Hebrews says to, to work to have that rest, to have that peace of knowing that God is good. He's going to take care of you. My favorite verse says that you'll never be ashamed that you trusted him and you won't be. And so we got to get to this place where Jesus talked about that when we're on the vine with him, when we're connected to him, when we're just letting him get the dead branches out of our lives, we get to that place where we ask what we will and it will be done for us. We ask what we will and we'll be glorifying the Father. Yet as it is, because we get stuck in these little ruts, because the enemy has come to steal the word from us and we're not up on that, we hadn't taken what Jesus said seriously and had our guard up, like Peter said, be vigilant, be sober, your enemy roams around like a roaring lion. He knows if and will devour um, anyone he can. And, you know, he knows the things that we like to do, that our flesh like to do. And he knows we're going to feel better if we talk about someone else. And and then he knows that it keeps us from examining ourselves. So he's got all these little ploys, all these little tricks, just like Jesus said. And the first thing that Jesus said is because we have no root in ourselves. And that means that we don't know God enough to be rooted and grounded and and be immovable when the enemy tries to trip us up. And that is the first and most vital thing that we need to do is get to know God so that we're rooted and grounded and he can't move us. God is so good. Someone love with us. And, you know, if you never asked Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, if you've never experienced a relationship with him, then I would like to invite you to do that today. Revelation 3.20 tells us he's knocking at the door of our heart, and if we invite him in, he's going to come in and dine with us. That means he's going to correct us. He's going to teach us, dine with us. That means he's going to hang out with us. He's going to tell us things to come. That's what he said to the disciples, to go wait for the Holy Spirit. And when he came, that he would come and fill them, and they'd be born from above. And so having God's Spirit on the inside of them, Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but the Holy Spirit's going to come. And he's going to remind you the things I said. He's going to teach you, counsel you. He's going to lead you. He's going to tell you things to come. He's going to be your standby for whatever you need. You're never going to be alone. And so if you want that kind of life, and you should know that Jesus laid down his life for you to make you right with the Father, you're forgiven, you can mess up. And you get a fresh start. You don't. You won't experience a physical death, and so much more. He bore your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your pain. God is so in love with you, and if you want Him to come and live on the inside of you and change your life, and you want to walk in this maturity that He's talking about, so that you can ask what you will, and it'll be done for you, so that you can represent Him and glorify the Father. Then I just am inviting you to say this prayer with me. And all you have to do is say, Dear Jesus, I thank you and praise you that you gave your life for me. I'm asking you to come and live on the inside of me. 
and be my God and teach me your way. I thank you and praise you that you laid down your life for me, that you took those stripes for my healing, and that you just want to grow me up to the place where I can receive all you did for me. We love you. We praise you, Lord. We give you all glory. Now, if you said that prayer, Jesus is living on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit has come, and they are all one, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So they have come, and they're living on the inside of you, and they're going to be there for you all the time. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. He's always there. You can turn to Him day or night, and he, you can call out to Him, and He's going to be there. He's going to make Himself known to you. John 1.1 1, 1 tells us that He is His Word. So when you look at the Word, you're looking at Him. And so you want to look at the Word to get to know Him, if you just said that prayer, of course. And then as you get to know Him and you obey Him, Jesus said He'd manifest Himself to you. And so if you haven't felt Him already, you will as you follow after Him. He's not just a prayer, a ticket to heaven. Um, and we need to know that. But He is a relationship. And when you come in agreement with Him, which is why we're talking about what we're talking about today, when you come in agreement with Him, then um, you're going to be able to live with Him forever. Right here and right now, we're to be living in heaven on the earth. And so you're going to live with Him in heaven on the earth, and then you're going to move in with Him when you leave here. He's so good. If you said that prayer, congratulations. It's so exciting. And I'd be really excited if you'd let me know that you said the prayer. So thank you so much for listening today, and God bless you.